My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. Our Sunday School is part of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. To prepare for this lesson, please go to OurSundaySchool.com for a copy of today's handout. Now, let's get to this week's lesson. Well, good morning, and welcome to Our Sunday School. Glad you guys are with us this morning. Hello, hello, hello. Hello to everybody online with us. All right, so today we are starting Mark chapter 14, and I'm excited. I am very excited, actually. Um, Mark chapter 14 is an exceedingly long chapter of the Bible. If you have started reading it, you will know that um, there was a guy in the 1100s who took a stab at the first chapter divisions in the Bible. And uh, the joke across the centuries has been if something's rather long or something's rather short, and he did this on horseback in between two cities as he was traveling. It was a very long journey. And the joke over the centuries has been, well, he, his horse hit a bump or something, and his hand moved and made this in a really long chapter, a really short chapter, and there you go. So I, I don't know why he did this, but um, this is what we have where we are. So that's what we got. But uh, Mark chapter 14 today. Uh, so we'll start with our question that we ask each week, which is actually not even on your handout. But uh, the question is, what is God doing in you? And I think this was on the PowerPoint through his word from the portion of Mark we've studied so far. Hey, Dad, can we go to the next slide? Thanks, buddy. And then one more. There you go. Thanks. Uh, so what is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? Okay. And um, Mark chapter 13 has been a very uh, strong motivator for me to work diligently because that's one of the things that Jesus said to baptize uh, the his other son. And I think his basic command was to do that. And so it's, it's, it's been a real encouragement for me. And, and just also. Uh, I would say that is a good thing, yes. So challenging you to witness more and to, to be aware of those things and those opportunities, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. What else? What is God doing in you through his word from the portion of Mark we have studied so far? Amen. Love it. 
the authority of Scripture and how we see prophecy fulfilled in what Jesus has done. We see him going to be coming back, and we can trust his word because it's been trustworthy up to this point. That's awesome. Yes. Yes. That's good. All right, so I'm going to say good morning to some folks online with us. Ron's in Sydney, Ohio. Uh, Amy's probably in her living room. There we go. Uh, Brittany and Danus are at Daytona Beach. Nancy Miller's in Oak Ridge. And, uh, oh, and Theo's in uh, Dayton Beach too, Daytona Beach, too. And uh, Brian and Linda Decker on as well. Well, good morning, guys. Good to have you guys. So let's, uh, let's look at our handout this morning. So one page, if you've got it um, in front of you. Uh, this is our normal start the chapter handout. Uh, it's actually the easiest handout that I do of all the handouts that I do because it's copy-paste and change the 13 to the 14, and there we go. We're ready to go. Um, but it's also at, at uh, OurSundaySchool.com if you guys need it there. And uh, we're just going to walk through the handout this morning and do the steps. Uh, sounds like an AA meeting. Uh, so process step number one is to pray. And our attitudes here are fear, dependency, and expectancy. And we pray for really simple things. We pray for illumination of the text. We pray for wisdom for us and for hearing for the hearers. So uh, I'm just going to pray for us as we begin our study of Mark chapter 14. Father, we are so thankful that you have given us a more sure word, that we do not have to rely on uh, what somebody, somebody, somebody said, but that we can look at the words of Scripture. We thank you that they are inspired. We thank you that they are sufficient. We thank you that they are trustworthy and reliable. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for this written account of his life. We thank you that we have exactly what we're supposed to have and not one word more. And we thank you that you are good and right and holy in all that you do. Uh, we ask for uh, help this morning, that the Spirit would illuminate the text for us so that we could understand. We ask for hearing, that we would hear what the Spirit has to say to us this morning. And uh, we acknowledge our dependency on you. Uh, there, is, there is no ability that we have to understand you in any way, shape, or form apart from you helping us to do so. So we thank you for that. Uh, we love you, and we ask for your help uh, today and in the weeks to come as we study Mark chapter 14. Thank you, Father. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. So our next step is to hear, and this is something that we do each week. Uh, and as I talked about last week a little bit, we're going to split Mark 14 up into two chunks because... Reading all of 14 is uh, its a lot, and it would actually take us about six weeks longer to get through chapter 14 uh, if we did it that way. So I'm going to read uh, verses 1 through 32. That'll be where we split. Um, I don't know that it's the most logical split of the chapter, but it's the, the split where the halfway point is the most for the section headings that we have. So, so I'm going to go through 1 through uh, 32. Oh, and Cheryl Edwards is on her back porch, so lots of locations this morning. Good stuff. So Mark chapter 14. It was now two days before the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes were seeking how to arrest him by stealth and kill him. For they said, not during the feast, lest there be an uproar from the people. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, Why was this ointment wasted like that? 
for this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you. And whenever you want, you can do good for them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. Then Judas Iscariot, who was one of the twelve, went to the chief priests in order to betray him to them. And when they heard it, they were glad and promised to give him money. And he sought an opportunity to betray him. And on the first day of unleavened bread, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb, his disciples said to him, Where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the master of the house, The teacher says, Where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished and ready. There, prepare for us. And the disciples set out and went to the city and found it just as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover. And when it was evening, he came with the twelve. And as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They began to be sorrowful and said to him and one after another, Is it I? He said to them, It is one of the twelve, one who is dipping bread into the dish with me. For the Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I, I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. So that's where we'll stop uh, this morning, splitting this up. It's actually 1 through 31, isn't it? Sorry. Wrote the wrong number in my notes. Julie's given me the side eye for that one. Um, so... So this is part of our process, hearing the Bible. Uh, this whole section comes from a series that we did back in 2018, uh, talking about the Bible. And all that's at OurSundaySchool.com, where we go into a lesson on each one of these steps. Uh, but next step is to think. And thinking is literally not any more complicated than what it looks like here. This is uh, thinking with an attitude of humility. Uh, Psalm 119.15 is one of my favorite verses. Uh, in Psalm 119, and if you like the Bible, uh, Psalm 119 is your favorite. Uh, Psalm 119.15, I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. 
And the, the thing that, that jumps out to me typically in this verse is, I will meditate on your precepts and I fix my eyes on your ways. Not what I say, not what I do, but on God's words and what God does. Um, so there's this sense of wonder and steadfastness that we are called to have. Uh, and our practice is just to slow down and think. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to challenge you, uh, as you heard the first half of Mark 14 being read, uh, just take a minute and find one of the sections. So the ESV has section headers, uh, verses 1 or two, one and 2 are the plot to kill Jesus. Uh, verses 3 through 9 are Jesus anointed at Bethany. Uh, 10 and 11, Judas is betraying Jesus. Uh, 12 through 21 is the Passover with the disciples. 22 through 25 is the institution of the Lord's Supper. And then 26 through 31, Jesus foretells Peter's denial. So I would encourage you, rather than looking at all 31 verses, to pick one of those sections and say, that's kind of where I'm going to dial in this morning. Uh, probably be easier for you there. Uh, and you can do this individually. So your whole table doesn't have to pick the same one. Uh, if you'd rather just, you, you just focus on one. Uh, if you're online, I would encourage you to do this as well. Uh, so we'll spend, I've got 920. Uh, we'll come back at 925. And uh, the goal here is to just think about whatever section you've got. And if you need to take some notes so you don't forget a thought, that's great. Uh, but the goal here is just to think. So we're not actually working. It's not a talking. It's just thinking. So we'll be back at 925.
as odd as it might sound, this is actually one of my favorite things to do in the Sunday school. Just to breathe for a minute and listen and think about the text. Um, so process step number four is to talk. Uh, so a couple attitudes to have here. Um, one, I love the story of Jesus when he was young uh, because Luke 2.52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Um, there, were, there were things that he got more perfect at. Uh, and if Jesus can learn and grow, uh, what an example to us, obviously, to learn and to grow. Uh, and then our actions or talk to those who are willing to teach and use available resources. Um, I believe this is biblical. Uh, 2 Timothy 4.13 uh, talks about, this is Paul at the end of this letter to Timothy. This is the, for lack of a better term, the shout out section where you say hey to so-and-so, say hey to so-and-so. Uh, and then he says in verse 13, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books and above all the parchments. So some value that Paul put into writings that he had or things that were given to him that were helpful in his study, uh, in his uh, ministry. So I would argue that you don't have to go any farther than your actual copy of the Bible itself. Um, most of us ignore all the tiny little print on the sides of the page most of the time because who would take the time to look any of that up? Uh, it's actually shockingly helpful uh, because if you, if you look through the first half of Mark 14, what are some concepts that a 21st century Christian would need to understand to rightly interpret Mark chapter 14. Like there's several things that I don't regularly do in my life that they were intimately familiar with. The, the first of which is the first really proper noun that shows up in verse 1, right? So Passover. So what's that? And then Feast of Unleavened Bread. You're like, well, now I'm thinking Old Testament, right? Because they're always feasting and, you know, kill a goat and, you know, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And we're like, what, what is that about? So there's, there's going to be cross-references in your Bible that talk about that. Um, he was at Bethany. So where's Bethany? Well, she's right there, but she's also a city. <laughs> I was so hoping you'd hear this. So uh, by the way, I just want to point it out. You have the best attendance of anyone in our Sunday school. Better than me. So, kudos there. Um, so, Bethany, so what's, there's a guy named Simon. Feels like he just dropped out of the sky, right? Uh, he's a leper. So, what's a leper? Uh, the most awkward wording in all of, not all, Ephatha is really hard to say. Uh, but while, as he was reclining at table, Include the article, guys. Come on. It's so awkward to say that. But, and they do it again later on in chapter 14. It's crazy. Um, there's a flask of nard, which is not a reference to Andy from the office, right? Um, <laughs> so what happens when I don't use a script, Dave. That's what happens there. And then we see Judas Iscariot in verse 10, right? It's like, okay, so the bad guy's on the scene. And we see... Uh, uh, Jesus is talking about uh, betrayal. We see uh, they're eating this supper together. 
and he's saying some things that seem like they're out of place from what they're expecting, right? So lots of stuff that's going on here. Uh, so I'll give you a couple of minutes. Let's come back at uh, 9.34, at 9.34. And uh, what I would encourage you to do is you can either, you can either write out questions and observations on your section of the text, or you can ask somebody at the table, hey, do you know anything about this? And if they don't, I'll encourage you to do something. I'll encourage you not to make something up. I don't know is a wonderfully biblical answer so, so often. It's just, it's really okay. Um, so I'll give you a couple minutes. You can either look up cross-references, write down questions, write down observations. Uh, this is one of the things that I love about these little uh, scripture journal books, uh, the little Bibles. You write a ton of stuff in those, and you can go back and see where you were. So we'll come back at 934. Uh, so talk and write and engage with each other.
So one of my favorite things to do to you guys is interrupt you just as soon as you get going. Just to create a desire and then stop so that that is still there. I had a master teacher uh, that, that uh, demonstrated this to me on a regular basis in college. And I, she was exceedingly frustrating to listen to. Like just exceedingly frustrating. And I asked her one day, I was like, why do you keep stopping us once it gets going? She's like, why would I do that? I was like, I don't know, it's frustrating. She said, no, you haven't thought about it. Think about why would I do that? I was like, okay, I've thought about it. She said, no, you haven't. Next time class starts in four days from now, come back and tell me what you think. I'm like, oh my gosh. So she frustrates me. Wow. And then it, oh, this is on purpose. You're doing this on purpose. Yes, I'm doing this on purpose. Wait, so I can be intentional about that in my teaching? You can be intentional about anything you want to be intentional about. And I've never forgot that sentence, which is a... Well, now you're just, you've messed with my head for the next 20 years, right? This is crazy. So it is what it is. All right, so our next step is to share. So this is uh, our attitudes are lowliness, intention. Uh, Psalm, uh, Proverbs uh, 15, 28 uh, is a, like, we should, you, you know, uh, like you may have a computer system that you have to access that you have to click a, I acknowledge this information before I go and access this system. Uh, I have one every day that I log into for work. I would love if Facebook had Proverbs 1528 uh, as the I acknowledge this before I am able to log in. And it says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. It, it, the curious thing is it didn't say the heart of the righteous ponders what the answer is, how to answer. Like the assumption is that you actually know the answer, but the question is, how is the best way to engage with this? And then Proverbs 17, 27, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Now, this is not a, like, he's a cool guy. This is not heated. Uh, this is calm. This is not getting emotionally engaged in uh, something that you shouldn't. Uh, so, sorry, go ahead. Uh, that was Proverbs 17, 27. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the good question. Uh, so our actions are to speak the truth in love and trust the Lord with the outcomes, which is a wonderfully complicated thing to do. Uh, and our practice is to love God and uh, love others and trust God. So at your table for a couple of minutes, uh, share your questions, share your observations. So this is not the, like, I, I don't know about this, but I, I think this is a good question to think about for the text. Or here's something that I saw that that was really interesting, I, I think. Uh, we could go live this out or some thing about God, something about Jesus. Uh, so I'll give you a couple of minutes to share those things. We'll come back at uh, 941 and finish up.
All right, thank you for that. Dave, can we go to the next slide for a second? So this is actually what we do each beginning of the new chapter. So we pray in here as a class, we think, talk, share as a table, and then we invite as individuals. Uh, and as a reminder, it's a gentle reminder, this is what we have committed to do as members of our Sunday school. This is our weekly uh, expectation for members. Uh, so as we pray for help, hear, think, talk, and share, these are things that some of which can be done individually and some of which force engagement across uh, individuals in our class. So this is on purpose. This is by design. This is intentional. Uh, and then the last step is to invite a member uh, and a non-member uh, back to our class. So I hope that you are, we scratched the surface just a little bit on Mark 14, interested in where this turns out. A lot of emphasis on very specific individuals that have had virtually no role so far in Mark's gospel. They do in other gospels. Uh, but we will, as we go through Mark chapter 14, I will tell you, we will spend a lot of time looking at other gospels to check out both order and purpose because order and purpose are sometimes more explicitly uh, explained in other gospels than they are Mark. Mark is a go, 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 go. Remember, we think Peter was telling Mark his account of what was going on. This is how we got Mark's gospel under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So uh, shouldn't surprise us that there will be some things that probably are a bit out of order in Mark, but Mark doesn't make a claim that everything is in order, right? So we don't, we're not saying, not throwing rocks at Mark here, uh, but just want to be aware that there are other gospels that are a bit more linear in the way that they are uh, approaching the text. So any questions or final observations before we close? All right. There is some good stuff in here, yes. It's amazing how that happens on every page, isn't it? Yes. I think so. All right, so at your tables, you should have a weekly uh, update. So if you will, take a moment. Uh, pray over a section of one of those as a table. Uh, if you have any new prayer requests, there's a section for prayer requests for just this week. Those won't be included on the handout for the following week. And then there's a, prayer, a section for prayer requests that are ongoing. I will add those to the uh, ongoing prayer request section. And then if those of you online have any questions or Feedback or prayer requests, we'd love you to put those in the comments as well. But as soon as you're done finished praying as a table, you are dismissed to go and to worship this one that we have spent now 132 weeks studying. <laughs> and oh, by the way, when we're done with Mark, we'll keep studying Jesus. So thanks for coming today, guys. Thanks for engaging. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, YouTube channel, and weekly email. You can subscribe to all three of those at OurSundaySchool.com. Grace and peace to you.